in conversation with Matt Pryor, partner Agthentic, talking about ag tech opportunities and investment and Australia's place in this massive global market opportunity. So great, we're here today with Matt Pryor from Agthentic. Hi Matt. How's it going? Yeah, good. Thanks for spending a bit of time to have sure, a chat. Sure, sure. Yeah, happy to do it. Yeah. So uh, pretty interested really in the kind of ag tech uh, environments. Yep. I know you've been involved in a range of uh, kind of ag tech activities, watching yep. where the ag tech is coming yep. from, looking at uh, kind of the funding uh, opportunities for yep. that, particularly in Australia as yep. well. So um, where do you think uh, Australia will play a role in that kind of ag tech uh, ecosystem uh, globally? Yeah, yeah, look, I mean, that, those are great questions. We, we've, I think for a long time, uh, relied on a reputation as being a world-class producer of food and fiber. And even though, you know, in, in total dollar terms, we're not that material in a sort of, um, you know, dollar to weight category, we, we are internationally competitive. And I think, you know, a lot of people often quote that we're the second least subsidized uh, agriculture productive system in the world. So right. we know how to produce food and fiber efficiently. Without subsidies. Without subsidies. <laughs> yeah. well, well, interestingly, I've yeah. heard it characterized, what we do do is invest very heavily in um, research. In, in, in and around agriculture. Yeah. And I've heard that described effectively as our form of subsidies. And I think to some extent, that's, that's pretty reasonable yeah, to characterize true. it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a, a very significant investment. I think what other people sometimes observe though is that we haven't done as well at the kind of full stack commercialization of that research as we can. Yeah, yeah. And so there's a bit of a gap there. And there's a yeah. bit of a gap. So there's a lot of activity, I think, around some of the generation uh, of some yep. of the next generation of actors that's coming on board. Yep. But then a lot of the adoption of ag tech currently is uh, tech that's been developed overseas, that's being adopted. Would that be a fair uh, assessment of the current yeah, situation? Yeah, look, it's actually something that I've spent a lot of time thinking about. So so just backtracking to that, that us as a agriculturally productive country, mm. we want the best tech in the world, right? Yep. If, if we want to be world-class producers, then for sure we need the best innovation available. And so we want to be open for business. Yeah. We want to make sure that people feel like this is a great place to be, bring their innovations. Yeah. Then second, we want to make sure that when we're investing in our own research, that we're, the A, that's getting in the hands of farmers and yeah. making our farmers more productive, but realistically, we're not big enough to sustain companies around that. So we also have to make sure that those companies that come out of that innovation can take on the world market. Yeah. And so that's really, where we think Australia's role is in, in playing in this emerging ag tech market. Okay. We're sort of uh, a particular size. Yep. And we're big, we're material, so you yep. can bring product here or test product here if you make it here and prove it. Yep. And really, if you go anywhere else in the world, you can say, this worked in you know this production system in Australia, most people will take that as, yep. as good evidence of efficacy. That, that's an interesting way to compare. So it's like a test bed. And also with a lot of uh, medical uh, uh, yep. products, yep. Australia, because yep. uh, it's a kind of way into the yep. developed world, it's, a lot of medical products can be trialled yep. here in Australia. Yep. So probably a similar kind yeah, of... Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, I yeah. definitely think that works. And yeah, yeah. so, you know, whether that's stuff coming in and, and trialled here or whether that's it's enough of a proof that it then sort of helps you with validation in other markets, yeah. then that's great. Yeah. 
but sometimes the bit that's the bit that's missing there is okay what is the pathway for those innovations and i think that's one of the areas where we still haven't quite got the formula right yeah yeah and i know another passion of yours is around the investment uh, yes, dynamics sure, as sure. well yep so uh i've heard you say we've got a, an, an immature uh kind of ecosystem here in australia have yep. not paraphrased paraphrasing too much, yep. but uh, probably compared with some of the uh, innovation ecosystems in Singapore or Israel, yep. uh, or the yep. US, for example, yep. which are very mature, uh, Australia would probably be at an early stage with that. So, and uh, so if, if a product is successful, it's probably easy to get that latter stage yep. uh, investment in, but it's that early stage, which I think is probably problematic. Is that, is that still the case? Yeah, I mean, I th yes, it's, it is, it's certainly true that you would say it's, it's, not, it's not fully formed. Yep. I think yep. one of the things that's important to consider, so transformation, you know, digital transformation, whatever we want to call it, we need these processes to be unleashed in agriculture globally right. with all of the challenges we've got. So people then would say, okay, that combination of startups and venture capital been pretty successful yep. at transforming other industries. Yep. So let's unleash that into agriculture. Okay, so that's what ag tech is globally. Yep. When yep. you then look at that in Australia, it's sort of, we can't be the same as Silicon Valley. We can't be no. the same as Israel. And in, in that way, it's, it's a bit like a virus. It's you can see how it works, but by the time it gets to Australia, it's got to mutate a bit. Right. So what's different here is, you know, we won't ever have access to all of that capital, and yep. certainly the market conditions here are different too. Yep. But the things that we know we're doing better, but we can, you know, do better still, are making sure that there's lots of, you know, there's a high birth rate. Yeah. And that's working better. It's certainly over the last, a lot of this stuff's changing really quickly. Yeah. So wind the clock back five years, almost nothing. Yeah. There, there are companies like Observant that I was a co-founder of, things like that, people doing all the individual heavy lifting. So now we have, you know, maybe 10 startup incubators and accelerators. Yep. Uh, we have, you know, groups like all the universities and CSIRO being mindful about, you know, programs like ON and all that kind of stuff. Yep. So the, Birth rate's great. Yeah. We then have really, I think, the child mortality to address. Is that right? Infant yeah. mortality um, becomes a problem. Yeah. Um, but you know, relatively speaking, we do a good job. So we've got good support at federal, state, government level. Yeah. Um, you know, it could be better coordinated sometimes, but 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 generally good. That sort of that that kind of first phase. What we don't have um, really is an active angel community in ag tech yet again yeah. we're starting to see things happening here and there but say compared to new zealand where i've spent a bit of time more recently they have a very active mm. angel community in ag mm. um you know and there are reasons that you can use to explain that it doesn't but still we can do better there and, and we will the stuff happening then that kind of next stage that early stage capital um you know that's that's where we're really interested and in, where we're doing yeah. some work yeah um and again we're starting to see things so grain innovate coming out of gidc yeah fabulous yeah um but we need more yeah and then the other capital will come whether that ends up being australian capital hopefully australian super yeah you know finding its way <laughs> into the market as well um but you really have to have a track record yeah. so in that kind of funnel that we talk about you know, doing well with the birth rate doing better at supporting the early stage yeah. um, and then the rest is kind of like the field of dreams you know, we've got to build it 
and the money will come. Yeah. So, but it's looking positive because oh, you're seeing yeah, emergent signs yeah, uh, that are coming up. I mean, yep. and that will emerge. Then you'll get a coagulation and a coordination yep. uh, within that area. But at least you're starting to see the money come. We're also seeing those types of funds available through state government now. So some yep. of the state government here in Australia, they don't have huge amounts to yes. invest in that. Yes. But you're starting to see that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I think so. Maybe two observations I would make there. The, the, the first is, um, yeah, that actually uh, there was a guy called Graham Scown. I, I don't want to steal his, his quote, but he, <laughs> but he he said, and he comes from a group called Return on Science in in New Zealand. Yeah, and he said. We shouldn't use government money to pave over the valley of death. Right. Right. So, we do, you know, startups, some are meant to fail, right? Sure. The whole point of that methodology yeah. is sometimes ideas selection, are just isn't it? Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's point one. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the second point really is that, um, you know, these things take time. And, and generally, even though we can all look out and see how things can be better, it's an awful lot better yeah. than where it was even four short years ago. Yeah, that's good. And you've got a role on agri- Agriculture 4.0, so yeah. you're chair of that uh, particular yeah, yeah. group. Can you just tell me a bit about what, uh, yeah. what that's aiming to do? It sounds like a good initiative. Yeah, I mean, so a, a lot of this conversation really has, has kind of um, touched on most of the things that, that the task force is there to help support, which is my personal observation as we were expanding our ag tech business out into the US was, you know, I would go there, go to these investor conferences and maybe it was me and, you know, one other Australian startup. Um, and it was all sort of individual uh, pursuit, if you like. Right, right. I yeah. went there two years ago yeah. with a group organized by, uh, by Austrade yep. with very substantial support by CSIRO. You know, it was, it was transformative. Yeah. And so we, 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 you know, we wanted to bottle that. We wanted to be able to say, how does Australia hunt as a pack yeah. to deliver the message? A lot of it, what the stuff we just talked about, that we do great research, that there's fantastic opportunities in helping commercialize that research, that we've great, got, a, got a great ecosystem yeah. to test your innovations in or to prove out innovations, depending on whether you're coming into the country or investing to go out of the country. And there is an emerging, you know, professional-looking, world-class style venture capital ecosystem coming and if you've got the big capital end or you know you've got other ways that you want to participate we're open for business yeah you know and in every other respect we're world class yeah 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 so that's the uh and you know hunting as a pack Grand Australia, not yep. individual entities, yep. and that's how Israel and Singapore enter yeah. that yeah, and yeah, represent yeah, themselves. Well. Yeah, yeah. And right. then, yeah. well, I was just going to say, so that, that's what the so the task force is very significantly uh, an effort led by Austrade yeah. and supported by the task force, which is you know individual members who've drawn from a very wide range of kind of industry, you know, companies and corporations. Um, uh, and we're really hoping that that momentum builds yep. and that we can raise this to be a national priority with multi-agency support. Yep. Because to kind of do it at the next level, yep. we really have to have you know it's the elements of agriculture, obviously, the elements of trade, the elements of innovation, you know, and bring it up to that national level. We, we talk about a $100 billion farm gate output figure, yep. Yep. but that's really the food and fiber we produce. Yep. There is a knowledge economy Right. that sits alongside that, right. that that doesn't get the level of attention we want it to get. So that's another thing that we would say in the task force is there is this emerging knowledge economy. Yeah. New Zealand currently measure theirs at contributing a billion dollars to GDP. Right, okay. Right? Which yep. is pretty significant. Yeah. And so we think that there's a similar opportunity here and that's what we really think is the next stage is to say, let's focus on that. 
it's going to be a big contributor to the hundred billion dollar number yep. because that innovation, you know, that efficiency is going to come from innovation. But there's also potentially many, many other billions of dollars available to us as contributors in other economies through exporting our products and services. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, CSIRO starting to get involved. Yep. You're seeing the universities get involved. Yep. Um, just briefly, I guess uh, one of my perceptions is that there hasn't been a good commercialized, well, there hasn't been a commercialization framework that supported the innovations being developed within that kind of research sector getting yep. into uh, marketplace. Yep. Where the really good ideas, they've been able to get there, but because you haven't had that ecosystem, uh, you probably have some latent uh, innovations yep. that are still remaining within those organizations. You've yep. also got, you know, some IP structures and yep. uh, negotiations. Yeah, structures yeah, yeah. that probably don't help yep. uh, with that. Do you think there is a latent opportunity uh, for uh, ad tech development here in Australia by bringing some of those innovations out? Or is that uh, oh, not, not... Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I got myself in a bit of hot water uh, a while back. I, I published an article on LinkedIn saying your IP is worthless. <laughs> <laughs> it was intentionally controversial. Maybe a little hardline, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but the, the, the point I was trying to make is, yeah. and, and I actually think the, the temptation is to sort of is for us to say it's not working properly. I think in in reality, what's wrong is that we've picked the stick up from the wrong end. Yeah, and and we we really have this obsessive focus about the kind of control yeah. of yeah. intellectual property, yeah. and we don't think anywhere nearly enough about the business model right. within which that IP becomes valuable. Yeah. Yeah. And and IP is rarely independently valuable. Yeah. And so when yeah. we've put these structures around that IP yeah. and then worry about the business model second, that's when we kind of get into these, you know, three, five year battle to sort of pull that promising but not commercially proven IP out of out of wherever it is. Yeah. I mean typically you know, I mean generally the people doing that are doing what they've been told to do and following a playbook that they've been given. I think the the thing really is that, that playbook has become very out of date. Yeah. And we just need to um, yeah. And we look, we're starting to see change there. And look, I, I think it yeah. is changing, and I think uh, that IP ownership, particularly from some of the research institutes, yeah. that's not their starting position yeah. Uh, yeah. anymore. Yeah. They're prepared to think totally. about who's the best commercialization partner yeah. that I, that IP can sit with. Uh, obviously, there's some kind of royalty deal that needs sure. to be done sure. uh, with that, but sure. uh, but that's fine. But it's better that the IP is out there. So looking really at a US model, yep. Uh, yep. I think that's. That's really starting to come now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, also within the research and development corporations, yes. you've also got uh, maybe a third uh, stage ownership yep. of the IP, so yep. it does become a little complex totally. within that kind of dynamic. Totally. But again, that, that's I'm seeing evidence that that's moving. Yep. And yeah. I think I think you know some of those things will will just take time. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's literally we're starting to see behavior that we can model. Yeah. Right? There's, yeah, yeah. there's examples of how it works. Yeah. And some of those that literally are because we do need the examples. Like, what does that shared ownership actually look like? You know, can you even, if you're an RDC, can you even hold shares in a company that can, you know, there are some things where literally people, you know, it, that wasn't necessarily what they were designed to do. Yeah. Or the policy settings, you know, aren't clear yeah. that spinning something out that benefits farmers all around the world is something that, you know, 
this organization was actually set up to do. Right, which you'll be aiming to do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which, Who'd which have thunk is... it that you might, you know, support society that supported you? Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, I, I, I'm very sensitive to that perspective in as much as this is levy, you know, in the case of the RDCs, yeah. significantly it's levy payer funds. Yeah. Um, and, and so those producers have uh, are completely entitled to know where that money is going. I think the... It's, it's really the mechanism that becomes the issue. If we have this idea that by holding on to that IP, we can stop a similar innovation taking place in the rest of agriculture globally, that's not going to happen, no, especially no. not today. That's right. Because again, it's the, you know, the innovation that sits inside is interesting, but it's the business model innovation that sits around it yep. that usually is the unlock yep. code. And, and those are things that just are, you know, viral in nature and end up, you know, as we've seen, with, you know, it wasn't, people didn't just see Uber and say, oh, they've done it now, I'm going to give up, right? No. We see everything an Uber-like right. appear in every other country. Yeah. So why would we expect agriculture to be any different than that? Yeah. So yeah. we might as well participate in that global growth and have that money come back into Australian research and do more research. Yeah. So this issue of looking around globally, picking out the best models and mutating them back into an Australian solution. Yeah. 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 And um, so uh, wouldn't mind finishing off with one, one more question. Sure, sure. Uh, yep. So we're here uh, at Global Table. Yes. Uh, we're here with the, um, hear a lot about the uh, sustainability goals yeah, yeah. Uh, and the development yeah, goals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can I ask you which one is your favorite or the one that you think is, uh, is most relevant? That, that's a, that's, that is a tough, that's a trick question because I, <laughs> I know there are 17. <laughs> um, but I, 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 I don't know them well enough. What I can tell you about is, is um, what we're passionate about and yep. what, and I think one of Australia's biggest untapped opportunities is definitely around land use transformation yep. and the role of, of, of that land use transformation in significantly improving soil fertility and creating opportunities for large scale biosequestration of atmospheric carbon. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so I think that we're only just starting to become awake to the kind of commercial opportunity there. And a lot of it is technical. Yep. So some of the unlock codes there are technologies and actually we've seen them here today. Yep. We're seeing companies here today demonstrate some of those core pieces of technology. You know, we have plenty of organizations in Australia who have been advocating strongly for regenerative farming and, yep. and things like this. Um, we are, you know, it's this, 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 you've got the kind of alternate protein thing on one side, which yeah. some of Australian agriculture, animal agriculture sort of sees as an existential threat. Yeah. I think the, yeah. the positive side of yeah. that is it's the most fantastic opportunity we've ever been handed because livestock and animal agriculture are a fundamental part of you know truly sustainable agricultural production yeah um and there's show me a country in the world that knows as much about rangeland livestock production than we do that's right yeah so i think i would say you know whichever of the sdgs you know they <laughs> fit on land right. climate change yeah a combination between Thank those you. two i think i appreciate, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. appreciate the, the, the tips um but yeah i would say as an investor and as someone who's passionate about Australia's role in you know global agriculture and the sustainable production of protein, really, which is the conversation we have to have. Yeah. Not alternate, not alternate, isn't the point. It's yeah. how can we prove 
that these sources are sustainable and that they're producing nutritious yep. food, yep. right? And yep. the more we measure that, yep. the better off everybody's going to be. And some of those new companies coming through have big backing. Absolutely. They've got large marketing budgets. Yeah. Oh, who'd have thunk that uh, undermining the meat <laughs> they, industry they may, uh, yeah, might be sure. in their best interest? Sure. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And look, I mean, those are challenges too. Yeah. We've got to lean into that and we have to engage in that conversation. Yeah. We, I think the posture of talking about what is and isn't meat I don't think is the right way to approach that. I think yeah. the, the way we approach that, we, we we have fabulous environmental credentials. That's right. In, 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 and in premium our, meat yeah. products yeah. coming from that. Yeah. We're starting to see farms go carbon yeah. neutral uh, yeah. as well. I mean, to land management and some carbon uh, yeah. carbon credits as well, but yeah. uh, that's fine. Yeah. There's a there's an appetite to go there yep. uh, in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Super exciting. Yeah. And with yeah. credentials like that, why wouldn't we be on the front foot and say, hey, come and have a look? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, awesome. man. All right, no worries. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Thanks, Cheers. Bye. In conversation with Andy Lowe, a series of podcasts looking at food, biological resources, sustainability, and innovation.